interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Hello, everyone. Hello, friends. This is Connected. We have a roundtable show called Connected. Here we are. This is it. Here we are. We are with a group of friends here to discuss how truly interconnected we all are. Today's subject is the power of visualization. What we are creating for each other, what we are creating in our lives, the power of the word, the power of visualization, basically. Matt, did I miss something? No, you didn't miss a darn thing. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay. So, for example, years ago, Matt and I, it was when Elle was born. Was Allegra born back then? Do you know what I'm going to talk about? The coffee? Have, the I... coffee. Were we with Allegra? The... It doesn't matter. Oh, anyway, okay. I digress. So, we're, we're getting coffee. We're on Bainbridge Island. And we were parents. I think Allegra was just born too. But the only outings we would have would be to town and country market. Town and country market is actually quite famous because it is a store. Help me out, Matt. You want to jump in there? It's a family-owned store, a Japanese family. Mm -hmm. During the 1940s, the government decided to... Yeah, Bainbridge Island has that dubious honor terrible honor of being the first place where they actually during world war ii took japanese families and dragged them to internment camps awesome really great legacy and so town and country was a family-owned business japanese owned business they were taken away and all the people that worked at town and country formed banded together came together and sustained this beautiful market and this market is the most amazing center of the entire community they all came together they held everything for years until the owners could come back right yeah this would be yeah between 1941 and like 1944 and the culture that exists in this market is still there the friendliest most loving place to be is town and country market Mm -hmm. and because living on bainbridge island for us back then was really the catalyst that brought about this friendship movement we created because we moved there and we could not find a friend to save our lives man we couldn't have anyone (laughs) come over for dinner we had one person and matt would say i remember the first time you said this it it made me laugh and cry at the same time. We finally made a friend to come over, and she would come over for dinner sometimes. And Matt would say, so is all of our friend coming over for dinner tonight? You know, like you usually... All of our friends. Usually you would say all one. of our friends. We had that one. Her name was Peggy. And so it was sad, man. We couldn't find any friends, and the only friends we had were at TNC, Town and Country Market. And they were really good friends. But then we had to think about it. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like they're held hostage by us, though, because they're forced to be our friends <laughs> because they have nowhere to go. Because we go to the market and we start talking to them and they have no choice but to talk to us. <laughs> Anyhow, visualization. <laughs> All right. Back to visualization. Sorry. We were at TNC and they have an area for coffee, like a coffee bar. And Matt and I, coming from Santa Monica... We had the coffee bean was our hangout and we would get these beautiful ice blended drinks and the calorie level was very low actually, but it tasted so good guys. Oh my God. Ice blended mochas. And so when we realized they could make a mocha of some kind that was kind of similar to what we had in Santa Monica, we were all over it and we would get it every chance we could this drink and Matt and I would share it. We would get it all the time, and we were friends with everyone who worked there at the market. One day, I'm like, what is in this anyway, you guys? And so they're like, hold on, let's see. So they brought the big vat 
and they started reading what's in there and i'm like and then i'm like well how many calories pray tell does this thing have guys when they told me the number i was so shocked that i mean my face was like stunned i'm sure like i was stunned and all i could do matt had to pay because i was just like in shock meanwhile i'm still sipping on it through the straw but i kept (laughs) repeating the number now i don't know the exact number i think it was uh 1346 i think it was actually more than that you guys whatever it was i was thinking this is many meals for more than one day meals like I can't believe it, but I was still sucking on it. Well, it was 24 ounces. It had whipped cream. I mean, come on. Whatever it was, the number was outrageous. So don't hold me to the number, but here's what happens. And this is totally directly in sync with what we're talking about today. Because we're talking about the power of the word, visualization, the fact that you can utter a sound and how that will manifest for you. Complete reality. So here's what happens. So we go from the coffee area to the main part of the store and we're going up and down the aisle, but we're not really doing our weekly grocery shopping. We were just, the reason why I'm telling you about town and country is it was our Disneyland. Town and country was our, the only place we could go to hang out with friends and feel connected with people. Nowhere else on the island because it's basically just forest. It was like nobody True. like hung out. Mm-hmm. We were so lonely. That was our big outing was to go to the market. Anyway, so here we are. We're sipping on our drink. We're going up and down the aisle. We just decided to just get a few things and only use a basket. Usually we would have the big shopping cart. And Katie has seen us do this. We just pile it with all kinds of vegetables. It's like overflowing. Like We're like getting ready for Armageddon. Like, but it's our weekly shopping trip because all we eat are vegetables. So you, we need lots of them. We juice them. We cook them. We just veggies and they're fluffy and they're big and they take up the whole cart. But this day, it was just a tiny little basket. We just wanted to get a few treats after our coffee treat to, <laughs> on our outing, you know, our little basket. Here we go. But the whole time we were walking up and down the aisles I kept, all I kept chanting was the number of calories in this drink. So let's just say it was 1346. I was like, 1346? God, I'm going to say a bad word. Bless it. God bless, son of a biscuit. 1346. And then I would have Tourette's. Like you'd think I'd be, I I was stopped. I, I stopped doing it. And then all of a sudden I'd spat out with 1346. I couldn't stop saying that number. So anyway, we're at the checkout stand and our turn comes up. Bloop, bloop, bloop. We go through the register and our friend at the cashier goes, 1346. (laughs) The exact amount of calories that I kept chanting. Somehow, whatever we bought that day. Are you all feeling me? Do you understand what I'm saying? The same number showed up because I kept saying it over and over again. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody's quiet. How crazy is that? That's crazy. That is like pure magic. That is, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow, I really have to watch my words because I grew up knowing whatever you utter will definitely manifest. That's why Matt and I will not, we will not buy certain things that have the word killer in there. Like there's a bread out there that's called mm-hmm. so-and-so's killer bread. Best believe we're not buying that bread. And no, no Pete's Wicked Ale. No, no Wicked. Angry Orchard. Or like no. chocolate to die for. No, thank you. No, thank No, no. Uh, Pete's so, Wicked uh, Ale's got the word peace in it. That's weird, isn't it? Contradiction. Well, no, it's it's actually Pete as in Peter. Pete. Oh, okay, okay. Pita, Pita, Pita. Sorry, okay, yeah. it's, it's the colonial accent, I know. <laughs> but, you know, just so the power of the word... I want to start off with that and we're, we're going to totally get into visualization. But what I'm trying to say is like today, I got into a, another big fight with Matt's family over a word. And I was trying to explain 
that in our society I've been seeing for years now how words are used to dehumanize people. Words are used so we don't take life seriously anymore. And what I mean is that there are words out there that are used so nonchalantly that are there to make us feel that certain people are not worth anything, that they are, their, their life does not have value. And this is what Hitler did. You use a certain word against certain people and you dehumanize them. So when you see people getting hurt, when you see people getting killed, I'm sorry I'm going somewhere very um, not so, it's not light, guys. But and I, I guarantee this episode is a light episode. But what I just want to point out is that words have power. So when we use certain words that other people used without thinking about it, I'm just asking, please, please, can we take into consideration what we're saying? Whether it's the calorie of the coffee drink, it's going to create that for you. Like if you keep saying that over and over again, if we're going to say infestation at the border and you're talking about human beings, we're not talking about roaches that are eating the crops and bringing disease. We're talking about human beings. Stop it. Um, but anyway, so using beautiful words, using peaceful words. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, if you can't say anything nice, my goodness, come on. Don't say anything at all. No, because you can think it. Why don't you switch the thought pattern and let's look at beauty. Let's, let's just, so let's just today, let's go into visualization. I'm sorry. Hard right or left. I don't know. Let's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take it back to a happy place right now because that's what we're going to concentrate on. We're going to concentrate on happy calories and we're going to create happy calories. You understand what I'm saying, people? So today we are here to celebrate, actually. We're celebrating our friend Beth. We're Ooh. celebrating Beth. Yay, Beth. Beth is releasing her new book called The Power of Scripting, and it's totally in sync with what we're going to talk about today. So before that, please let's go around the round table. Everybody introduce yourselves. Beth, you go first. Hey, everybody. And uh, at this... So far, Fawn, you've you've done some amazing sounds. So I liked your cash register and also your screeching car. So I'm hoping <laughs> for some you. more wonderful sounds from everybody. So my <laughs> name is Beth Hewitt. <laughs> uh, I'm a, a spiritual performance coach for life and business. I live here in the UK and I have been passionate about visualization ever since I was little, since I was four years old, when I manifested a red bouncy castle for the first time. So I'm so excited to be here today and talking about this subject. We're so excited for our beautiful round table. And there's so much. I can't wait until we share everything today. And Matt, please don't forget, we did a show yesterday with Beth, you guys. So make sure you listen to that because it was all about her book. And we we're, were talking about visualization. And this is we're discussing more of it because we didn't get to the things we really wanted to get to. Right, Matt? Well. So make sure you do that instead of waiting until the show is done So oh, and say, oh, I, I was going to mention these things. Conversations <laughs> go where they will. I, I'm just saying. Okay, so next we have our beautiful KJ. KJ is here. Hi. My name is KJ Nazarol. I am currently, and actually for the last 20 years off and on, have been located in the San Francisco Bay Area in lovely California. And I am a licensed psychotherapist and trauma-informed counselor. I also am a musician, writer, and artist. And my goal for the last year, year and a half, has been melding that together, using these mediums to help folks understand that they have this incredible innate um, capacity to heal themselves. They have medicine within, and oftentimes we don't even realize it. And so using art, using words, which we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more about today, music, sound, words, art, uh, we often are revealing within ourselves that we have this incredible 
incredible light. So that leads me to talking a little bit about my podcast, which is called Stories of Astonishing Light, to emphasize that, is that we all have stories, and all of our stories are interwoven with so many things, so many layers, but among all of it is light. That's where you can find me, and I'm so, so happy to be here. I love speaking about visualization, and I certainly love speaking about the power of words because words are incredibly, incredibly impactful. So thanks for hanging with me today. Love you, KJ. And before there was anything, there was the word. Is that how it goes? I keep, that's how it goes in the Bible, right? That's how it goes in, yes, Old Testament, New Testament Mm. style stuff. And in in Lord of the Rings as well. This is true. (laughs) The Lord of the Rings, (laughs) folks. This is true. So next, <laughs> we have our beautiful friend, Nee. Hi, everyone. Uh, nee and, and his beautiful is. sons. His How are y'all doing? My name is Nee Darko. I have my kids in the background. It's daddy daycare this weekend, so it's just me and the kids. And I am a trauma surgeon, and I'm a traveling trauma surgeon, so I travel for my job. I don't live at home. And I, when I finish working, I come home, and I work with my kids and my wife. Um, But I host a podcast called Docs Outside the Box. It's a podcast where uh, we talk about the three M's, money, mindset, and mission, so that doctors and other healthcare professionals can have very impactful and fulfilling lives outside of the hospital walls or clinic. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about this concept of visualization because for me, I had one thought process of what it'd be like to be a physician and quickly had to change my mindset and visualize myself having more of a f- more freedom and being free, it's manifesting itself right now as it is. It's a little non-traditional for most people, but this is exactly what works for us. So I'm glad to be here. I cannot wait to hear everything, Ni. Next, we have Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello. Um, so my name is Paul. I am a meditation teacher and I do, I also am a personal trainer. And I discuss like nutrition and all that kind of stuff. That's like my passion, self-healing, self-love. I'm really excited about the visualization conversation we're going to be chatting about. Especially at the moment, I'm doing like some visualization stuff with a certain client who's had a lot of PTSD. And, you know, visualization can just be a massive tool of healing and going into the past when someone's really uncomfortable with being vulnerable it puts them in that safe space but it also i think it puts them in that automatic space where they just start letting doors open um so it's lovely so i do that and i'm also a musician so the yeah. most talented musician <laughs> thank you did i interrupt you <laughs> no, no, where can good. we find you tell everyone where, where they can find you oh, yeah. aside from our Aside from related my website. To, um, related to meditation, it's meetyourmindonline.com. Awesome. And also, we can find all of our friends on our podcast website. And last but definitely not least, the most beautiful, wisest person I love having conversations with. And usually I get her into trouble because we end up talking so much. Our beautiful friend, Katie. Hi, Fawn. I'm Katie, and I live outside of Boulder, Colorado. And I met Fawn and her beautiful Matt and the girls. I call them my lovely girls, Ellen Allegra. A couple years ago in the store, I work for a health food store in Boulder. I am a certified herbalist and I work in the vitamin department, giving um, advice to people on vitamins and nutrition. And we just hit it off. And every Saturday I would so look forward to you coming in the store and then I would kind of run off and thank goodness my boss wasn't there till later. And so we could actually do that. And then we would run around to the other parts of the store hiding from other people so we could talk. Totally. <laughs> and and we would just have so much fun. And I just, you know, you're just one of my favorite people that come in the store. Love you so, so much. Katie, it's been six years. <laughs> oh, has it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My goodness. Oh, it was like much like. This round table, it was love at first sight, Katie. Love at first sight. It was a meet cute kind of situation. So everyone, let's let's begin. Oh my god, there's Matt. I'm sorry, Matt, you go ahead. He just tapped me on the shoulder. What about me? What about me? Go ahead. 
So yes, I'm Matt, co-host of A Friendly World with Fawn and Matt. I'm a professional software developer. And let's talk about bringing things into the world. This is what we do as software developers. Is that it? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Fawn. You know, we're, we host Our Friendly World with Fawn and Matt. So let's get started. Visualization. How do we start, guys? Oh, my God. Beth, you take over, girl. Woman, lovely goddess. So for me, visualization is that that beginning of that thing that we're trying to manifest because whenever you have a thought in your mind of something that you want to create in your life it is that plant that seed is in your mind and so it's bringing that idea to life that thing that has been dropped in your consciousness that is your dream that is your vision it's about bringing that to life and so the way that we can do that is through all of our through all of our senses how we experience the world day to day is via one of our all of our different senses touch sight hear smell intuition if you're a particular intuitive person and so when we're trying to visualize we should visualize in as much detail by focusing on each of those senses you can't really do visualization you can't really manifest properly if you do not focus on those areas and paint that picture in as clear a way as possible. So that is kind of a nutshell of what visualization is, but there is so much more to it because as, as we all know, we can all think of something, but then we might have some resistance to something and it's not, it's not quite coming up. We all have these things, maybe we were taught things as a child or we've somebody said something to us when we were little or it's part of our culture or Something's happened along the way and we internalize these emotions and they can stop us from achieving those dreams. Sometimes it's about unpacking that and finding out what's going on inside of us. So my, my journey with visualization started when I was four, four years old was the first time and I mentioned in, in the intro, I manifested a red bouncy castle and it has continued throughout my life, this theme of visualization. I think as a child, the reason why it struck such a chord as a child was because I didn't have that baggage. I didn't have any resistance. I believed with all of my heart and certainty that I was able to create this red bounty castle. There was no doubt in my mind that that wasn't gonna be possible. And the very next day, the red bounty castle appeared. And so it has been my lifelong journey learning more about different techniques and learning about meditation and affirmations and just seeing how all of that can be brought into the mix to be able to help you visualize the things that you want. And so that's what I do regularly and the way that I do it, there are lots of ways to visualize, but the way that I do it is through the written word. Some people might use vision boards, uh, some people might use meditation, but there's something for me, I am a bit of a wordsmith, the flow of the pen, that words seem to channel and flow through me. And so that's what we're talking about today is, is words and how we can use them to help us create that vision and bring it to life. You know, yesterday we were talking with Beth and we were starting to touch on how really this has been here from the way beginning and how religion comes into this also, that religions have this step-by-step -step process of manifestation. You know, if you're willing to look at religion in a way where it's self-empowering, when it just, there's so many religions that actually talk about visualization and the power of the word and manifestation. Right. You have to be on some level paying attention though. Um, things like, uh, you know, I was, I was raised as a Protestant, uh, there's a verse in the Bible, Matthew 21, 22, that says, whatever you ask for in prayer, you shall receive. Wow. That's a powerful statement. And that's a powerful kind of, that's really calling belief and visualization right there, right? And also, if you take a look at certain aspects of Buddhism, uh, where, you know, you're really supposed to hold in your head the right thoughts, 
and you're supposed to have the right, you're supposed to say the right things, you're supposed to have a bunch of other things like right profession and all sorts of other things, but it's really about guiding your intention towards the good, whatever, of course, you perceive the good to be. So yes, no, 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 I do find that very, very fascinating. And, and honestly, though, Beth, the best part about your story is, to me, is the fact that it's red. It's what? a red bouncy castle because I don't see a lot of red bouncy castles, but the fact that you manifested to that level that you had in your head at four years old, red bouncy castle, not bouncy castle, not big bouncy castle, not fluffy bouncy castle, but red and it, within 24 hours, it's, it's right just, there? it's, it's, yeah. it's so clear. Well, the, to just to give a bit more detail to that, that story, I won't go into the whole story, but the, the real crux of that vision was that I was on my own on that red bounce castle. It wasn't a bounce castle at a fairground where there was 20 other kids bashing into me. <laughs> my, my thought was I was on my own on that red bounce castle. It was a bounce castle all for me so that my four-year-old little legs could actually stand up okay. and bounce on that bouncy castle. And that was the specific detail. And that's why it's so important to get really specific in your visualizations. Gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who's next? Who? Anyone want to chime in before I overtake everything with my words? <laughs> well, I don't want to guide and I don't want to ask the question, but my God, I want to hear, I want to hear from Nee and I want Nee to tell us about more. I want Nee to give us the blow by blow on really on the placebo effect and how words can affect the placebo oh, yeah. effect. Yeah. He's putting his headphones back on. Hold on. Hey guys, sorry. I'm listening and then I attached my microphone. These kids are literally about to destroy this house right behind me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, you know, I had a very, so currently I'm a trauma surgeon. I had a very narrow sense of what kind of position I wanted to be when I was growing up. You know, I learned it from PV. There wasn't anybody in my family who was in medicine. And my mother was a nursing assistant, but pretty far away from what a physician would be. And once I got to that point, I always found myself as the person who would be looking four years ahead when you're currently going through a process. So if I was in college, I'd be thinking about what it'd be like to be in medical school if I was in medical school, I'd be thinking about what it'd be like to be a resident as opposed to just really enjoying the process, you know, just smelling the roses and enjoying the process of, you know, literally the struggle, right? So when I, when it was time for me to start working on my own, there really wasn't that much of a challenge anymore. And that was something that I found really difficult to deal with, as well as all the student loan debt that me and my wife were in. And you know, she's an OB doc, and it's very interesting how if you don't have the proper training on money, just because you get to a certain status, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything changes. It just means that more of the bad behavior may get exacerbated. And although we didn't have bad behavior, we just didn't manage our money well. So we were two position household living paycheck to paycheck you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And I remember in 2014, I said to myself, me and my wife said to ourselves, we went on, actually before this, we went, we went on a honeymoon because we had dated for a long period of time and we just never sealed the deal. So we said, we're going to go on this nice vacation, honeymoon. And we went to Australia, we went to New Zealand, and then we went to Bali, right? And it was 30 days and we paid for a cash. We've been saving up for a while and we paid for a cash. We went there, and after about the third or fourth day of being in Australia, we're like, man, this place is amazing. It's great. We were like right in front of the harbor uh, in, in Sydney. And we, I was telling my wife, I was like, yo, like, when is the next time we're going to come back here and do this? Because we got to do this more often. And then there was this like uneasy tension between us. And, and we both kind of said to ourselves, and then we said it to each other, we're like, we're never coming back, are we? Right? And... You know, this is before we had kids and everything. And we're just like, yeah, we got like debt we got to pay off. We got jobs that we got to work. And then when we have kids, like who's going to come? Like, There's no way we're going to come back. And we enjoyed the rest of the trip. But there was like this underlying, like something ain't right. Like this doesn't seem right at all. And literally from that day onwards, we were just to ourselves like, look, like we got to have this life where shots and we decide for ourselves when we want to work how we want to work and although at the time it seemed really crazy i was like who works like that nobody works like that 
you know, over the next several years, we kind of manifested this life for ourselves where we got our debt paid off uh, in, in three years. That required a lot of double shifts and a whole bunch of different things like that. But shortly after we got our debt paid off, we actually stopped working for the hospital that we're employed at, mainly because I just realized that there was a sense of autonomy that I've always been looking for. And although we haven't been on that trip again, just the fact that we kind of can call the shots of how we work and when we work has been an extremely powerful thing for us. And through that, you know, through that time where we're trying to pay off our debt, we found out that, you know, we're having a difficult time trying to have kids. Also, particularly this one right here, we went through IVF and all those different things and it never worked. And one of the things that we said to ourselves is like, look, like when we have kids, we have to make sure that we teach them the importance of one, understanding that you can create money without you having to trade time for dollars, right? So i.e., it's very important to teach them how to be entrepreneurs. The other thing too that we wanted to teach them also is that money is just a tool. It really has nothing to do with accumulating money, but it really is about the experience, right? And it kind of brought us back to that time we went on our honeymoon because it really wasn't about the money. It really was just about literally sacrificing your life for something. And then now all of a sudden we're at this point where we're enjoying it. And the one thing that's hanging over us is money. So for us, visualization, at least for me, visualization has been really like an intentional mindset change of really just Papa, disassociating. Okay, cool. Disassociating my self-worth from what I do for a living, right? Because I think oftentimes people say, well, I'm a doctor, so that's what you are. That's who you are. Like, no, that's not who I am. That's just a part of who I am. And then also at the same time, understanding that money is literally just a tool, right? It's, it's something that we can use to get ourselves an experience. It's something that we can use to help our nephews and nieces maybe get into college and have a different lifestyle. So I know it's a long-winded answer, but that's what visualization has done for us. And really, literally, I can tell you to the day, it was like January 13th of 2013 of when we said, we got to change. Unfortunately, it wasn't here in the, on, on this hemisphere. It was in the Western hemisphere, but um, that's what it's done for us. You know, it makes me think of how, first of all, I think of two things. I think of how hard it is sometimes to carry that dream. And my question to all of us is, how can we hold a dream for each other? Because sometimes it's hard to hold it for ourselves. And when we go through life and we go through the daily uh the daily pitfalls. We lose track of what we really want. We lose the faith in knowing that our dreams can totally come true, that we can achieve and have the life that we want. The other thing that I think about me is that it's so messed up, but it's the United States, guys. Other countries, people work. You can be a waiter and you still get five to six weeks paid vacation so you can travel and traveling is so important for you to get perspective have your vision expand but as americans we don't do that we're like struggling to just live we're 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 working so we can live and it just seems so opposite it seems so backwards so those are the two, two issues. One is just carrying that carrying that baggage of like, can I achieve this dream where your dream becomes baggage? And I think that's where friendship comes in. And that's where Beth's book comes in, because you may not have that. You may not have that friend that will always be right there with you throughout the day to say, you can do it. You can do it, Beth. You could do it, Paul. Me, this is you got it. You got it. We don't have that. So, you know, to have Beth's book in your pocket and you can open it up and go, okay, Beth says to write this down today and, you know, to keep your focus that this is totally achievable. You know, beyond that, I think there's a societal issue that we need to work on is we need to change something here because we don't even get vacation. And when we do, it's not paid. You know, maybe after two years, you'll get a two week vacation and 
you can't really take it because if you take time off from work, it's the stress of going back to work. What have you missed? And we don't even take time off because now you're linked to the emails and, and whatever. If you take time off, you'll be pushed out of your position. I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, it's just, guys, I need help because this is really depressing me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the, the society thing in the United States is really depressing. I don't know what it's like in the UK anymore. What's it like? You guys get holiday holiday yeah i mean not a lot of holiday i mean i luckily have been blessed to stay away from the average nine to five jobs for a few years now um but even when i was i mean i've had quite a few jobs and the holidays you get like people will be like oh yeah i'm doing a teaching job because it's good holiday and i'll be like well how many how many holidays you get off a year then they'll be like i don't know They'll think like 60 days or something or 70 days is a lot from 326 days. And I'm like, what? So you think like... Hold on. They get... You guys get 60 days? The teachers, that's really long compared to everyone else. Yeah. But even that, like, you know, if they don't enjoy their job and they're working to survive and they think that's a good deal, it's just baffling. Okay, do you know how bad I feel? Right now, so most people get between like twenty and thirty days. I would say in the UK. Yeah, yeah, on. exactly. Yeah, that's better than us. This is terrible, and this is this is like one of the things that is breaking people. And I think this is one of the situations where we don't have friendship, especially in the United States, because one, we're too tired. Two, there's no money. Three, we're tired. I said that already, but there's no time. We're always working. For what? We don't even have health insurance, you guys. Well, we don't have universal health coverage, yes. Um, but... Sorry, let's be more positive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is how I... This but, is what I did. <laughs> um, you know, the job I'm currently at, they offer us quote-unquote unlimited PTO. So theoretically, I could take a kajillion days off. Practically speaking, it doesn't necessarily come out that way. But bringing us back to visualization... I just had a really challenging thought. So the way I like to begin every day is I like to write down all the stuff I want to get done that day. I have a I have a do I have a to do list, and you know, everybody I think at some point has to deal with a to do list. But I, what I really think I'm doing when I plan my day and I'm like, okay, I can get this done, this done, and this done, and this done. On some level, I'm exercising my visualization muscles because I'm kind of bringing this forth from nothing. These are, this is what I'm going to accomplish. Now, obviously I'm not, I'm not visualizing something awesome. I'm visualizing what I'm going to get done that day, but I'm still doing that. And I'm still quote unquote manifesting small, trivial perhaps things, but I'm still manifesting every day. To-do list is a good start for somebody who has never done this before, but I think it's getting into the deep detail i think having a to-do list to take things off is still keeping you in that mind frame of i've got stuff to do yes you know i've, I've got to work through this stuff before i can even think about doing something else and that so i think yes definitely absolutely yeah no i mean it's the most trivial form i think probably of something that starts to approach visualization you're absolutely right yeah and so i, I wrote this book so that people could pick up up at the point from where they currently are you know so they can learn the skills of how to do it and then if life gets hard and they need to come back to it again they can go right i've got some steps here i've got 10 steps here that are going to get me back on track that are going to help me to create this vision and to hold that space for that vision because i don't think as human beings we give ourselves enough time to do that to reflect and think is this actually what i want to have in my life is this somebody else's dream? Is this my dream? Is this actually where I, I really want to be headed in? Right. And how do I even recognize I'm moving towards that dream? Uh -huh. And then there's also the whole concept of contrast. When bad things happen, it's a great opportunity for you to say, I don't choose this. I choose this. So if the universe gives you chocolate cake, you're like, I don't like chocolate cake. I don't know why you would ever say that, but 
I don't like chocolate cake. I choose tiramisu. So if all you have is chocolate cake and you don't want that, it's the perfect time and the perfect setting for you to choose tiramisu. Because we always have a choice. Right. We have to remember that. And that's where the friendship thing comes in for me because our friends can say something when we're wrapped up in it. They can point to the road sign, which is what your book does for me is look over here. There's a road sign. Look, there are boulders coming at us. Let's step over here and walk this way. So the boulders don't knock you over the head, which in life they tend to do. And you, you lose faith. You get knocked off course. But to remember what your dreams are, you need a reminder. You need a friend. You need a book. And sometimes you need a friend to hold it for you. Sometimes you do. and But you also need to recognize and celebrate and remember when, when the successes do come, when you get closer to what you're attempting to bring in. And that's another thing that I really liked about Beth's book writing all the wins and also having the ritual like having a ritual of celebration like we were saying yesterday we forgot to do that in our little family over here we used to do it all the time in santa monica when we were when we were younger we used to celebrate our wins like yay but like when you're also exhausted you're just like okay that that was good even though it's a huge win you're like okay cool moving on to the next thing so in our little house here we got a button kind of like in the commercials that easy button for that office supply store our button we recorded it to say yay or yippee <laughs> so whoever gets a win and it could be any any tiny thing is a big win you we slam that button and it says, yippee. And then the rest of the family has no idea what's going on, but we'll applaud. Yay. And in unison, like, you know, join in. Right. You, you need, you need that ritual. You need celebration. And that's another thing. We need to come together and hold things for each other and see things for each other and hold the vision for each other and make it happen. Physically make things happen and join in the celebration because Although I, I got very negative at the beginning of the show because that's the state of the world right now. There's a lot of things we need to fix. I really want to choose where we focus. And as friends, as a village, I want to focus on the opposite of what is happening in the world right now. I want to focus on a world of compassion and respect, total appreciation for all of life, for our fellow brothers and sisters, for our home, which is the earth. I just want to switch that around and I choose love and I'm choosing friendship and I'm choosing a world that is peaceful, a world that is healthy, a world that is filled with beautiful music, a world where we thrive, that we really truly feel each other in a state of resonance, state of resonance. When you first were talking about Carolyn Mace, I read her books many, many, many years ago. And so I was learning about visualization from her many years ago. And many years ago, I was diagnosed with MS. And so I didn't know what to do, and I just visualized myself healthier. And that's actually how I got into what I'm doing today, is to learn how to be, become healthier. So I just visualized myself. I am not going to be in a wheelchair because I have a young son that I have to drive to baseball and to summer camp. And I have a dog to take care of and my husband. And so I just did that. And I'm fine today. I have did nothing ever happened to me except for some, I do have some eye issues and, but I'm fine with that. I I'm fine. I've continued ever since. And lately my visualization has been to go down to three days working because I'm actually getting older and being on those hard floors for now 22 years is affecting my body. And I thought about it and thought about it. And finally, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just going to tell my boss, I can't, I can only work three days now 
And they said, oh, okay. And finally they kept on putting it off. And so I said, finally, hey, you know what? January 1st, I'm doing it. And so January 1st, well, actually it ended up January 11th, I'm doing it. And now I work three days a week, three days in a row. I have four days off. I feel so much better. I am rested. I'm de-stressed. The pain in my body is leaving me. And I am just so thrilled. So <laughs> I know visualization does work. You just have to have faith and you just have to do it. And it's not hard. And it isn't some mystical, it, no. it could be seen as mystical, but it's not. It's not. It's not anything woo woo, spectacular, super metaphysical. It is pure science. You could bring it back to that. It is for real. It is a real deal thing. I, I've, I've been here absorbing and wanting, I'm wanting to celebrate basically everything that has been brought up so far. And then I just wanted to take a moment to observe while you were speaking, Fawn, about requesting and remembering to choose the good. Nee was blowing bubbles for his sons and they were standing there in utter awe of the miracle of these bubbles just floating around. And I just remember looking just what you're talking about is happening right now in front of us. And luckily we have our cameras on and we're able to see it. But how often is it that these little miracles are happening in the moment and it's not named? We don't pause to say, look at this. And the way, <laughs> see, he's doing it now. And then if we can catch the, a glimpse of the joy and the delight on these sweet kiddos' faces, like that's what, that's what we can embrace again too, is the utter joy and delight of a moment of this spherical floating, floating um, magic, uh, refracting and reflecting light. How beautiful is that? And so, yeah, things are pretty, pretty wonky and bananas right now on many levels, but also on so many levels and intimate levels in the kitchen of our homes are these miracles that are happening. And so I, I just wanted to say that, that, that taking the time to observe that there are, there is this brilliance around us. It can get heavy at times, but when there's moments like that to hold on to, I'm, I'm pulled up pretty quickly. That is so beautifully said. You're right. And you know what? We should be blowing bubbles every day. And pointing, thank you for pointing that out because I was watching that too. But the way you just pointed that out so beautifully, it changes everything. Well, it was like you were narrating it. <laughs> you were speaking to wanting to choose better and community and delight and love. And we were watching it happen. And, and so I was just like, well, there you go that's you you naming it and observing it and celebrating it and so and that's um one of the secrets of manifesting quicker is having that appreciation recognizing that joy in the smallest things not waiting for the oh i'm going to be happy when i've got this amazing new house and car whatever that is it's in the little things and when you can be grateful for the everyday things you can manifest more to be grateful for in the everyday that's that so that is exactly the issue that i was talking about in terms of living my life four years ahead of schedule where it's just like well i'm going to put my life on hold for this bigger thing that's coming delayed gratification which will help you get to whatever you need to do because you need to focus you need to be uber you know you need to be uber focused to reach whatever goal you want but what happens is you get so used to not living that when it's time to live, you don't know how to do it. And that's what happened to me, right? And I saw a lot of my colleagues who are maybe 10 years or 20 years older than me, divorced, or they, you know, within surgery is a high divorce rate, um, or just having a strange relationship with kids or your family. And I just, I saw the, I saw, you can see the signs coming, you know? very quick-witted with my family, making excuses. I can't go to this wedding. I can't go to that funeral. I can't do any of these things. I got to focus, which is, it's important to be good at what you do, but also at the same time, 
at what cost? You know, if, if I'm at the age of 60 and these boys don't know who I am or don't want to talk to me, or I'm paying, I have to work until I'm 70 because I have to pay alimony. Like, what is all, what are we doing here? You know, and I, I agree with what you guys are saying. Just the, the ability to just do this four or five years ago, I wasn't able to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that I just really cherish. Just the small things. We drive used cars and all those things. That's not important. It's really like these two are the most important thing. It's the relationships we show up for. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Like we go to work and we are trapped there and it's an ongoing machine and it's so easy to get pulled away from one another. Another thing is when, when I first started this episode, I heard myself say today, we're going to be talking about visualization and I kind of stepped out of my body and I said, ew, Vaughn, you know, ew, <laughs> because I sounded, I could, I could hear myself from the perspective of someone who's looking and listening to me as like, I'm so hippie. I'm so, they call it now woo woo. And I was embarrassed using the word visualization. I was embarrassed for saying, Hey, this is what we're going to talk about today, folks. But here's the thing. Major athletes use this. This was what we started to talk about yesterday, but why is it that it's okay for athletes to totally immerse themselves in this process of visualization where they totally see every step of every move they make mm-hmm. in winning that race if they're a runner, feeling it, seeing it, hearing it, incorporating all their senses. That's what they do. That's visualization. Why is that looked at as okay? But for me to say, we're going to talk about visualization today. Why do I feel so embarrassed? I feel stupid. Like it's not for real. I have to prove to you that this stuff works. Honestly, I think as a society, as a culture, we're drawn to the things that are dark. We're drawn to the things that, because they're serious. We're drawn to the serious things. And so we're drawn very much, I think, to the negative. Because please, please reverse everything I'm about to say, but like words hurt. You know, if you write, if somebody writes down some negative thing about you, that's something that a lot of people, myself included, hold on to for a long time. You know, the words that have been said to us, the somebody saying, oh, well, you're just this way and and this, that, the other thing. And in as much as they can hurt and in as much as a society, we tend to focus on that aspect of things. Words can also help. Words can also uplift us. Words can also bring people together in as much as they do tend to divide people and really focusing on the good. What you focus on grows. So if you focus on negative things, then welcome to negativity. If you focus on visualizing positive things in your life, well, guess what? Definitely what you focus on grows. You guys, I so I'm going to steer in a little bit. Before I do that, Because I don't want to end this episode without making sure that we say what we want to say here today regarding this topic. Is there anything anyone wants to add right now? Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, I know I have to... My mind, you know, well, I'm not my mind, so, you know, I challenge my mind every day on the little things like you're all chatting about. But my mind can naturally go quite negative and it can go quite self-doubtful and stuff like this. Um, so, you know, I really challenge that every day and try and see because also the things I achieve quite a lot of the time, they happen quite slowly. And that's the beautiful thing about friends. They'll be like, wow, you're doing amazingly. Look, this has happened, that's happened. And I just forget just like that. And, um, you know, I will sometimes just, my mind, I will I'll wake up and it'll be like, oh, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally I'll know what like, you're saying. I'm I'm surprised that you feel that way. That <laughs> well, surprises this is, me. This is the thing. I, I I work hard to challenge my mind every day, you know. I'm like, what are you on about? You know, remember you've done this, you've done that in the past three years. Like in, in the past three years of my life, when I got clean and sober off drugs and alcohol, my life has just flourished into my dreams coming true. You know, my mind just forgets that so quickly. So I just have to challenge that mind every day. I always sort yourself out. 
<laughs> this is where I want to lead us off into is holding things for one another. What can we hold for one another? What are your wishes that I can hold for you? We should all write the things down that we wish. And also what we hold for our society. What do we hold for this new world that we are creating? What are we creating? Because we are creating each other every moment. We are creating our lives. We are creating new universes. Who wants to go first? All right, I'll go. I hold for the world and overnight in a split second, total transformation. Every negative thing, every hurt transmuted into pure love and understanding and compassion and respect. I hold a big, beautiful, open embrace and embrace by everyone on the planet. I hold perfect health for everyone. I hold prosperity for everyone. I hold top-notch education for everyone. I hold beautiful feasts and rituals that involve wonderful tastes and sounds in everyone's lives. I hold sparkly, beautiful bubbles floating in the air, tickling everyone on their foreheads, kissing them. I can go on. Who wants to take over? You said it all. <laughs> Especially the bubbles at the end. Mm -hmm. I can't top that. <laughs> I, um, I also hold vacations for everyone. I hold <laughs> naps. I hold <laughs> joy. Naps. Joy. And for me, I hold, I finally figure out where we belong on the planet. That's what I'm holding for myself. Actually, can someone hold that for us? Oh, I'll hold that. <laughs> Thank Don't you, Paul. I can hold that for you, too. Thank you. Yeah, hold okay, who's next? Um, do you mind if I, I might quickly chat about um, my main manifestation that came came to reality in my life? So when when about three years ago towards the end of my addiction and my alcoholism, I was really effed up. Um, and I was looking online, yeah, at something, I don't know about star signs, and it was like, if you're born under the star, under the planet of Saturn, write down, for, ask for clarity, and then write your star sign and bury it in the ground. And I didn't even know what the word clarity meant, yeah, till I got sober. So I went out in the garden, quite effed up, and then I, I buried it underground in the soil. And then literally a month later, something just happened that pushed me to the edge and made me become a sober. And I got clarity, yeah. And I bet even if, if I knew what clarity meant when I was in my addiction, I would have never wished for it. But because I didn't know what it was and it came true, through turning it into word, you know, like Beth talks about making it solid, you know, making it real, putting it in the ground. And it became, I'm so grateful for that gift the universe gave me when I asked for it. Um, but yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yay, Paul! Celebration! I'm <laughs> really proud of him. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I maybe in response to all that's been said already, but thank you, Paul, for sharing, sharing your experience, because that is what I'd like to hold for you, myself and everybody else is the, um, the grace to ask the grace to pause and notice as Beth had mentioned, and we've mentioned in the conversation before, the grace and space to notice that you have within your five, six senses, everything you need to manifest. 
and bring bring forth. So my hope and holding for us, each other, and the world is the permission and the kindness and the grace and the space to ask, to ask for it. Beautiful. I'd just like to add to what KJ said, really. I think I'm thinking as we're coming out of a, hopefully out of the pandemic and people are going to be moving maybe to some more normality. And I think it's been able to hold that space for people, like KJ said, to be kind to one another as we're emerging. You know, there's going to be all kinds of emotions going on for one another and to not lose sight of what our longer term vision might be for ourselves i think there's the the idea that we might just go back to how things were before and but actually is that what we actually want for ourselves so i'd like just to hold that space for people to think actually i want to do something different with my life i want to to be somebody somebody different Mm -hmm. i hold that well um i just wanted to expand on what beth just said because i think that a lot of us are not going to know what to expect when everything is so-called getting back to normal, which it will never get back to what it was. So we kind of have all brand new lives ahead of us that we can start. And it's so exciting. And there's so much to manifest in that. And I think we should just run with it and just say, I really want this and this to happen. And just, um, think of that every day that you can do it and it's available to us um as everybody just said if you just ask so it's an exciting time coming up and i think it's great okay thank you katie mm-hmm. oh my goodness uh, for me my what i would want to manifest for everybody is just to have a desire for understanding understanding where everybody is as far as like, um, you know, I mean, everybody lives their own lives, but really trying to come together and trying to figure out, well, why? And really empathizing with people who are going through things. More empathy, which I I honestly think that we will see more of that going forward just because I think everybody's had a really rough time under uh, quarantine. And I think that everybody will want to share and experience what other people have shared and experienced. Mine is simple. I just want to hold, uh, or I want people to hold or put out there the ability to empathize with people who are from different backgrounds or different upbringing, someone that you, you haven't grown up with or someone that you've never spent time with. Just the ability to have empathy for that person. I just want to put that out there. I think that it would, it would go a long way in terms of dispelling a lot of the ills that we have. If we can just learn to put ourselves or put our shoes in someone who doesn't look like us or someone that we have no relation with, I think we could better understand uh, people if we uh, did that. Yeah. Gorgeous. Thank you, Nee. Mm-hmm. If, if I may, unless someone wants to say something else, I have a little tidbit to close this episode with something I was taught by Greg Braden. He talks about this all the time, where there was this drought. He lives in New Mexico. There was a drought for years, no water. It's the concept of pray rain. You don't pray for rain, but you pray rain. And it's this, what he taught was this, what his friend taught him was this. You want there to be rain. So you go in your circle, your prayer circle, and you visualize the rain. You smell the rain. You feel the earth underneath you soaked by the water falling on the earth. You hear the drops and you say thank you to all of that. That's praying rain. If you pray for rain, you're praying for something that's not there. And it's a continual, never-ending predicament of no rain when you're praying for something. But when you're praying with gratitude and feeling it with all your senses, that is praying 
rain and that's how i'm gonna close it off today if you thank you to our beautiful friends thank you beth thank you kj thank you knee thank you paul thank you katie thank you matt thank, thank you, you fun thanks babe thanks fun <laughs> thank you thank you to all of our friends listening right now our beautiful village around the world i wish for you a beautiful and joyful every day happy every day we will talk to you soon in a few days actually guys with this theme i think next week this is what we should talk about the re-emerging of us when we come out of this pandemic when we come out of the hardships when we come out of all the pain what does that look like this new awareness what does that look like the re-emerging into the new world, the re-emerging of us as human beings, as friends, as brothers and sisters, as family. Talk to you in a few days. Bye.